0: them to shore up, to shore up this fifth cornerstone of faith, which is praying. Men, if you are going to be a decent dad whatsoever, I think that you would acknowledge with me that we're going to need some help. Amen? We're going to need some help. And it's help that not many other fathers can give us. It's help that's got to come from our heavenly Father. Therefore, the greatest encouragement I want to give you today is pray. Pray. But I think you would agree with me that sometimes the idea of talking to God, the idea of talking to our heavenly Father who created all the heavens all the earth and everything in it, the thought, the idea of talking to God can be a real intimidating proposition. But it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, prayer is a priceless experience when we learn to do it the way God intends us to do it. The Bible instructs God's people to pray. The Bible instructs you to pray, to pray at all times, to pray in any posture, to pray in any place, and to pray for any reason. It doesn't matter whether you pray in the King James Version kind of English with the thou's and the these. It doesn't matter if you pray in modern English. God only desires that you pray with a pure and sincere heart. The early disciples of Jesus, they noticed the effect that prayer had on the life of Christ and on the ministry of Christ. They witnessed how Jesus would often go off by himself to spend time in prayer with his heavenly father. They saw the power that prayer gave him. They saw the peace that prayer gave him. They saw the practical thinking that prayer gave Jesus. Even when he was in troubled circumstances the prayer life of Christ so impressed the disciples they asked him Lord teach us to pray teach us to pray that we might have that peace that power and that practical thinking they realized that if the Son of God Himself would take time to pray, how much more do we, ordinary men and women, need to be praying? Friends, because prayer is such a vital ingredient to your walk with Jesus, I want to give you six Biblical elements of prayer that should be included in your Christian life. Number one, we have a model for prayer. If you would go with me to Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to listen to the words of Christ himself as he discussed this issue of prayer. In verse 5 of Matthew 6, Jesus said, and when you pray, say when you pray, when you pray, not if, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, why, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, say when you pray. When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, say when you pray, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, saying the same words over and over and over and over again, as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, most often, those verses between 5 and 13 are often called the Lord's Prayer. But because his followers, because his followers asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, I believe that it's probably better to call it the disciples' prayer or the followers' prayer or the Christians' prayer. Now, to better understand this prayer that Jesus modeled for us, I want to break it down for you in two sections. Section 1, the first three petitions focus on the glory of God. Let me spell that out. First, he says, our Father in heaven. That recognizes a holy God who, get this, sees you as his child our Father in heaven. And forgive us our debts Says, excuse me, hallowed be your name. That worships and praises our holy God simply for who he is. Sometimes you just need to hush and just acknowledge God for who he is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is asking God to rule your life. Are you asking God to rule your life? Now, you may say, yeah, Brother Bill, I'm doing that. But here's the thing. You can't pray your kingdom come until you pray my kingdom go. Amen? Your kingdom's got to go before God's kingdom can come. That's the first section. The second section, the second three petitions focus on our personal needs. Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread. That remembers that God provides everything that we need. Amen? You'll never go without. God provides everything you need. And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, that reminds us that we need forgiveness. Amen? We need forgiveness of sins, but it also reminds us that we need to confess of those sins, turn from those sins, and uh, remember that sin is very offensive to God. The third petition is do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. That recognizes that we are fully capable of falling into sin. Every day we are fully capable of falling into sin and you and I desperately need the Father's help especially with this challenge of temptation. Day in and day out. Friend, when you pray, not if, But when you pray, if you will make it a point to follow the model Jesus has provided for you, you'll begin to understand how immeasurable God is and how small your problems are in comparison to God. So the first thing is is we have a model for prayer. Follow that model. Begin that way. But the second element of prayer is, is that we are not alone in prayer. Have you ever wondered, what in the world am I going to say to God? What am I going to say to God? Well, I got this sick friend, but I really don't know what he really needs. Or, you know, I, I realize that I have some spiritual needs, but I don't really know what they really are. If this is the case, Romans 8 and 26 Is for you. In Romans 8, Paul is writing to a church, and here's what he says about the fact that we're not alone. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. It's good to know we got help, amen? Helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints, for you, according to the will of God. You see, from the very first moment that you trusted Jesus as your Savior, you have received a resident guest in your heart. You have received God's Holy Spirit in your heart. And one of the many things that God's Spirit does is help us in prayer. Especially when you don't have a clue what you need to say or how you need to pray. Right? When we begin to realize how intimately God is involved in our prayer time, then you're going to realize and start to feel a unique closeness with your Heavenly Father. God is very intimately connected with you in your prayer time. So listen, the next time that you're praying and you find yourself at a loss for words, ask, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to voice those concerns to the Father. Ask Him to voice your needs to the Father. Because listen, y'all, you're not alone when you pray. The Holy Spirit is with you. Let me give you your third element of prayer. And that is, we make requests to God in prayer. Now James wrote in James chapter 4 and verse 2, he said, you lust and you do not have. Now, in other words, you have desires, but you don't get them. You don't get them filled. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask amiss. It's because you're not asking right. You ask that you may spend it on your pleasures. See, we need to come to the place where we realize that prayer is not about me. Prayer is not about us. I realize that often we voice concerns, we voice needs, we petition God for various things, but ultimately prayer is not about you. Prayer is about getting you to the place where it's all about God. Are you getting me? Getting you to the place where it's all about God. Getting you to voice your needs where you are in conjunction with God and speaking His will over your life, not something you want. It's not about you. It's about getting you to the place where it's all about God. Prayer, friend, is our heart's connection with God when you put your life on pause for the purpose of praying to your father you are connecting your very heart to the heart of your heavenly father prayer is the way that God designated for us to relate our concerns and to voice our needs and to align our will with His will. Again, it's not about us. It's about Him. Now, there may come a time in your life when you ask, well, why am I not growing in my faith? You may ask, well, why don't I have more opportunity to lead other people to Christ? Well, when those questions arise it's probably best to answer those questions with a question. And the question is this. Have I asked God to help me with these issues in my life? Sometimes we don't have because we do not ask. And other times we ask, but we ask amiss. We ask wrong because we ask for selfish reasons, right? Instead of aligning our desires With God's desires. Now this verse does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that we come to God like a genie in a lamp asking for our three wishes. That's not the way it works. But on the other hand, it's equally wrong not to ask God. It's equally wrong not to ask God to bring blessing and spiritual strength for things that might glorify Him. Listen, friends, God wants to bless you. You know why? He wants to bless you because you're his kid. He wants to bless you because you are his child. But sadly, many believers fail to receive what God has for them. Why? Because they do not pray. How's your prayer life today? How's your conversation with God going? In prayer, we have a model. In prayer, we realize that we're not alone. In prayer, we also realize that we can make requests of the God of the universe. But there's a fourth element to prayer. And that is realizing that we blow it from time to time. We also seek restoration in prayer. James went on to say in James chapter 5, he said, And the prayer of faith, say prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Here comes the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, avails much the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person brings a whole bunch amen when we pray sincerely for cleansing from sin which we learned last week is always accompanied with repentance turning from sin when we pray sincerely for the cleansing from sin the promise of scripture is this God hears you God hears you, and the further promise is, is that God will restore you. God will restore that fellowship with you that you've been lacking. That prayer of faith. Now, what does faith mean? Faith means forsaking all I trust Him. In other words, there's nothing more important than God. Forsaking all, I trust him. The prayer of faith can not only heal the sick, but it can also restore the soul to fellowship with God. You see, it's sin that breaks our fellowship with God. But faith restores our fellowship with God. Sin breaks it, but forsaking all, and I trust him, restores our fellowship with God. It heals a relationship, it cleanses us from sin and it restores us from the horrible consequences of sin. Fifth element of prayer. We also overcome worry in prayer. Now I know that none of us do this, but just in case it happens in your life, I want you to make sure that you know how to handle worry in your life. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul is writing it to another church. And here's what he says about worry. He says, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus. Friend, have you ever been in the grip of worry? I've been there. Have you ever been in the grip of fear? I've been there. It's not a good place to be. Even in the midst of trouble, though, the Bible says that we can receive the peace of God, how? Through prayer. Through prayer. The Bible teaches us that worry is a completely unproductive emotion. In fact, it's been said that worry is advanced interest paid on trouble that seldom comes. So you're paying the price for something that might not even happen. Worry. But these verses in Philippians give us the best antidote for worry. What is it? Prayer, prayer, getting locked in with God. Why is prayer such an incredible antidote to worry? It's because God wants to be number one. He wants to be the first one that you turn to when you begin to worry. He wants to be the first one that you turn to when things become uncertain. When you have concerns in your life, he wants to be the first one you turn to. And if you do it, he promises peace. He promises a peace that will guard your heart and mind if you'll follow these four things. Are you ready? First of all, stop praying or stop worrying and start praying. Amen? Stop worrying and start praying. Listen, nothing involving you, his child, is too insignificant for God. If it involves you, it's important to God. Nothing is too small. Pray about everything. If a concern wells up in your soul, pray about everything. If there's something going on in a relationship, pray about everything. If you're not as close to Jesus as you once were, pray about everything. Stop worrying and start praying. Number two, Tell God your needs. Be straight up with God. See, although God is all-knowing, He wants you to trust Him enough. Trust Him enough to tell Him your needs, to place your needs in His hands, but then also leave them there. God provided for you yesterday and the day before and the day before, He'll provide for you tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that as well tell God your needs number three present your requests with thanks what does that mean well it means instead of living in doubt why not thank God in advance thank God in advance knowing that he wants the best for his kid God wants the best for his child so you can thank him in advance. But number four, receive God's peace. If you'll stop worrying and start praying, tell God your needs, present your request with thanks, you can receive the peace of God. God's promise is, is that once you truly do all these things, both your heart and your mind will be guarded by the peace of God. So the next time that you're tempted to worry, the next time you're tempted to worry about something, anything, I want to encourage you to channel all of that worrisome energy into prayer. Take all that same energy and channel it into prayer. Say something like this. Lord, here's my problem. How many of you know you can be straight up with God? Lord, here is my problem. It's like this dark cloud hanging over my head. It's this burden I'm carrying day in and day out. But I'm putting it in your capable hands. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Instead, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm even going to thank you in advance for what I know you will do. Because you always know what you're doing and I don't. Trust God with your worries. Friend, it may not always be easy. It can get downright difficult. But if you want to overcome worry and if you want to experience peace, In the midst of your circumstances, then I want to encourage you that you must consciously pray. Consciously, deliberately, intentionally say, I'm not worrying anymore, I'm going to pray. So we have a model for prayer. We're not alone in prayer, we can make requests to God in prayer. We can certainly receive restoration with God through prayer. And we can overcome worry in prayer. But your final element is this. We increase in maturity in prayer. In Colossians chapter 1, next page over from Philippians 4, Colossians chapter 1, Paul is written down a prayer that he prayed for God's people at this church. And I want to share with you just a little bit of it. Because in verse 9 he says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. We had not stopped praying for you guys. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of the Lord, strengthened with all might for all patience and long suffering and with joy. Paul taught these Colossian believers and I believe he teaches you and I don't pray in generalities. Are you hearing me, church? Don't pray in generalities. You ever prayed this prayer before? Lord, bless them. I am guilty as homemade sin for that. Lord, bless them. But I believe the encouragement from Colossians, the encouragement from Paul is, don't pray like that. Don't pray in generalities because you don't know what the blessing might be. Amen? Amen? What if it's a blessing is that he gets to go to heaven today? Amen? You going to pray that for him? Whatever, right? The bottom line is, when you pray, be specific. Don't just pray for a blanket pile of blessings. Be specific about how you pray. In that short little passage, Paul prayed for those Colossian believers and he made four specific requests. Real quick, he prayed for spiritual insight. He prayed for a worthy walk. He prayed for glorious power. And he prayed for abundant joy. Now that's a specific prayer, amen? Well, that's the way we ought to be praying too. Why? Because there's a lot of things out there. Many things, many relationships, many challenges, many tragedies that occur in our life that we will never understand this side of heaven. You'll never understand them. And sometimes those things will rock your world. They will turn your world upside down. They can block your understanding of God. They can affect your fellowship with God. They can rob you of spiritual power, and they can try to steal your joy. But specific prayer, but specifically praying about all these issues can restore those things and help us to flourish in the kingdom of God. You see, friend, as a believer, listen up. Because if you're not listening to anything else I've said today, I want you to hear this. As a believer, prayer is not an option for you. As a believer, prayer is not an option for you you and if you haven't been praying you have been missing out on one of the greatest God given gifts that he's given you aside from the Lord Jesus himself prayer should become second nature to the Christian prayer should become a uh, part of everything we do Minute in and minute out, hour in and hour out, day in, day out, all week long, all year long, not just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday just as well. And when you do that, when you begin to integrate prayer into every aspect of your life, then you're going to get to the place where you're going to start seeing prayers answered. Now, listen. Not every prayer answered is going to be the answer you like. Not every prayer answered is going to be what you want. But it will be everything that you need. See, in Luke 18.1, Jesus tells us men ought to pray and not lose heart. What does that mean? Pray and don't you ever give up. Paul told the Thessalonian believers, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Don't stop praying. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Friends, fathers, if you don't pray, you will miss out on perhaps the greatest blessing of the Christian life, and that is an intimate fellowship with your Father in heaven. Prayer is our heart's connection with God. And if you're not partaking of that blessing, you are missing out. So, how is your prayer life? How is your conversation with God? When you pray, not if, because it's not an option for you. When you pray, what do y'all talk about? What are your greatest needs today? Do you need to be saved? Do you need to recommit your life? Do you need to be baptized? Do you need to grow in spirit? What are your greatest needs? What are your greatest temptations in this life? What temptations do you struggle with the most? Do you remember that time when Jesus and the disciples were in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus said, you boys sit tight here. I'm going to go over yonder and I'm going to pray. Y'all pray for me. And he went and prayed. He prayed so hard that blood got mixed with his sweat and he was actually sweating blood. That's prayer. But then he, he comes out of prayer and he walks back to the disciples and what were they doing? they were sleeping listen to what jesus said to them he said get up get up and pray that you may not give in to temptations so when you're tempted when you're encountered by the temptations of satan the temptations of sin the temptations of self what should you do You see what you're doing? You're immediately tuning self out. You're tuning sin out. You're tuning Satan out. And you're getting your heart connected with God. You see how that can help you with your temptations. What are your greatest worries? I know we all got them. What are your greatest worries? Paul said, well, don't worry about nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, how? By prayer. So when you're feeling that overwhelming burden of worry, what should you do, friend? Pray. Block out self. Block out the worry. Block out the sin. Block out the whole situation. And bring it together. What desires do you have for your marriage? What desires do you have for your family? What desires do you have for your church? What desires do you have for the United States of America? John wrote this. He said, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, key phrase, this is Brother Harold's favorite verse, according to his will, he hears us. Do you hear that? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked about him. What's happened? You've tuned out self. You've tuned out your own desires. You're not asking amiss. You're asking so that God will be glorified in your marriage, in your family, in your church, and in our nation. When did you last specifically talk to God about some of these issues in life, when was the last time you talked to God about your marriage? When was the last time you talked to God about your kids, and I don't care if they're little or big? When was the last time that you had a spiritual conversation with God about your church? When was the last time you had a spiritual convo with God? About the United States of America. When was the last time you had a spiritual conversation about the lost people you know? Y'all, I know this is convicting, but I'm tired of my own toes being stepped on all week long, amen? I want to share that with y'all, amen? Because we don't pray enough. our marriages we don't pray enough for our kids we don't pray enough for our church and we don't pray enough for our nation and we certainly don't pray enough for lost people when you pray not if when you pray and speaking of the lost when was the last time you prayed about recording your redemption story I've looked back on some of the recorded redemption stories that we have broadcast already. Some of them have nearly 400 views. The older ones have 400 views. Some of the newer ones have, you know, two and three hundred people who have viewed that redemption story. They have viewed what a believer here at Bethel said, Jesus did for me. When was the last time you prayed about that? Fathers. It's Father's Day. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? If you were to leave today, if Jesus were to come back and get you today, wouldn't it be awesome for you to have a recorded redemption story of what Jesus did in your life as a lasting legacy? that will outlive you This is important stuff And God our savior Jesus and the Holy Spirit speaks frequently about the importance of prayer Remember it's your heart's connection with God And if you don't pray, if you rely on some emotion or some feeling, but you don't pray, you are denying your own heart a connection with God. When you pray. Let's pray. Our Father, we praise you. And we thank you for all that you have done in the course of our life, in the course of our marriages, in the course of our families, in the hundred years this church has been here. Lord, we praise you for what.